Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage and Martinis. I'm Adam, here is Danielle. Hi. So we had a little bit of a crazy week, right? Again, like, again. Not, yeah, of course, as usual. Not the worst thing in the world, nothing, you know, devastating, nothing, but just a lot going on with kids and doctors and like just a lot. Mm-hmm. We're exhausted, as usual, just like you said. So we wanted to try to, you know, relax a little bit this weekend, keep things light. So we decided to do an episode on our fears. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you come up with this, Danielle? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, like I even said to you, like, do we have plans this week? Like we had plans last night to just, just to go to our friend's house, not to go out to dinner, not a big thing. Just go relax and have fun with some friends at, at their house, like three minutes away from our house. And I said to you, like, we don't have plans this weekend, right? We had a crazy week. Let's try to just chill. I'm coming up into a crazy time at work and I know I'm just going to be so crazy busy. Like, can we just like, just relax. And you're like, yeah, let's do an episode on fears. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had so many ideas for episodes we could do, but I knew you wouldn't want to, like I wanted to do a follow-up episode on like finances and money, but that would have been, you know, too heavy. Um, I've wanted to do an episode on like body image, but that would be too heavy. But I, I don't even know what made me think about fears, except there was something, although it was at five o'clock this morning, so I don't remember what it was, but um, I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, you know, that's kind of a a good one because it is a little bit light in the way that we're doing it. Of course. I mean, you know, we did an episode a few weeks ago that we ended up taking down that we spoke about on our last episode, and I was like, let's just redo that. Like, it's just fun. It's questions for each other like no big deal and you're like no you know let's do like it was downloaded people heard it let's just do something else and you came to me with fears and i said oh okay i actually had playing a game or something well i i had a good time actually researching for this Uh, maybe not a good good time is the wrong thing it was interesting to me some of the things that i was researching about this i liked it i liked this topic it almost made me want to do um like a true crime episode or something Mm. because I was, I was researching some like conspiracy type stuff and I was like, Ooh, this would be fun to do that kind of episode where like we have to research, like, you know, maybe wives who've murdered their husbands or something, or I don't know, something related, but I, I, aren't there enough of those out there? I never listened to one. I'm not a true crime. Well, true crime is like the, it's the biggest, the biggest genre of podcasts. I haven't listened to one and documentaries and on Netflix. Yeah. Well, didn't it all start with the, what was that? 
it was Netflix, uh, Making a Murderer or something? I think that was one of the first ones. Well, I think the first original really, well, not original, original, but right. Serial, the podcast, S-E-R-I-A-L, right. the podcast, um, which I actually just listened to his most recent podcast, The Trojan Horse, which was good, but not, you know, nothing matches Serial. But um, that was, I think, like the original. And then, you know, My Favorite Murder came along and everything. So which is one of the top five podcasts in the world. Right. What? <laughs> the whole time you were just talking, all like I was not even listening to you. <laughs> I was thinking about when you were talking about like serial, serial killers, whatever. And there was this, uh, what band was it? Oh, my God. Remember um, the Three Little Pigs song? There's a song about the three. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, yeah, it was from the '90s, and oh yeah, uh, Green Jello. Oh, and they got sued from Green Jello and became Dr- Green Jelly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So their band, the band was called Green Jello, and they got sued by the Jello Company because of their name. So they changed the name to Green Jelly. But they had the Three Little Pigs song. But they also had a song called Serial Killer. But it was C, Serial Killer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was all the serial mascots. That were killers in their music <laughs> video. <laughs> and that's all I was thinking about as you were talking. That I don't think up. I've ever seen that or heard of oh, it. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, I'll have to YouTube. Uh, I'll have to put it, see it on YouTube. No, they get up. They, they, they wear costumes while they're playing. Like, it's huh. it's a total. Yeah, it's, it's great. It, it sounds like a real, weird Al Yankovic kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm sure you've never heard of the band Gwar. Of course I have. Oh, where uh, they dump blood on you at right. concerts. And they're all crazy. Gwar, G-W-A-R. Yes. Yeah. They're decked out and they're get like they're dressed up. I know Guar. Green Jello, same thing. Like Very cool. Dressed up in the same way kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, like a hardcore metal, like, you know. Yeah. So funny. Okay. That's all I was thinking about while you were talking. Actually, that was would probably be one of my fears to go to a Guar concert. Right. That sounds scary as hell. <laughs> they literally dump, like, real blood on you. But like chicken's blood or something? I don't know if they do it anymore, but when we were in I high school, I remember stuff. my cousins going and me being like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to a Gallagher show, right? You just have to wear the poncho. A so Gallagher you, show? Right, the comedian. Why, what does he do? But the smash the watermelons and you have oh, to Oh, <laughs> right. I'm thinking of Blue Man Group where you have to wear the right, same ponchos. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but that's same thing. like good family fun. <laughs> right. So fears. I, I believe we did an episode sort of about this years ago. Um, but I think it was completely different. I don't know for sure because I refuse to listen to any of those episodes, but I was like, you know what there, uh, I'm sure that there are entire podcasts about fears, like, you know, that have a thousand episodes. Like it's just something we could talk about forever, Mm -hmm. especially someone like me who has had, you know, I mean, I've had, I can't wait to get into the fears that I've had when I was in my OCD days and everything um just the craziest shit you can imagine but I wanted to start by asking you what do you remember being afraid of when you were like little when you were younger right no I think my biggest fear when I was younger I completely remember this I almost remember it to the day being slapped by Will Smith (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm just kidding. Edit that out I'm just kidding. We're not going there. We're not talking about that thing. No. I just, I just, I, it was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. I'm not editing that out, by the I way. I know you're not editing that out, <laughs> and I'm just keeping quiet about it because <laughs> I did. I didn't say anything about it online, like on 
Instagram or we don't anything. Need to. But I I did try to like share a few different perspectives and oh man, people were not happy. Right. With I don't want to so, no, I don't want to get into yeah. it. It was just okay. a funny kind of stupid thing. Okay. Yeah. No, my my earliest fear that I remember was Freddy Krueger. That was my biggest because I was six, I think, at a older family friend's birthday party at their house. And he had his friends over. So they were probably eight, nine. And instead of a Batman, they had Freddy Krueger come. And no, like they were the watching kids. Nightmare on Elm Street on the TV. And I walked in and sat down and started watching whatever movie this was. Four months. Not not four, but not the number four, but for months mm-hmm. i was not able to go downstairs in my house by myself i could not fall asleep i i that was the s- most scared i can ever remember me being scared mm-hmm. that was the scariest thing to me mm-hmm. and and it's so funny because he's like a comical not villain like the horror movie character like he's fun like if you watch it now it's funny of course they're all funny now if you watch not, 80s no 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 but he had like funny lines you know like he was almost like a comedian as a Mm -hmm. scary you know whatever so you know to watch it now and look back and be like oh you were scared of that you know but obviously as a six-year-old yeah of course i was scared about that um but as i got older there were two more things number one i was really scared of being drafted I in the army, in the in the, any military, whatever. You know, my my dad was a marine, so I heard all the military stories and all mm-hmm. of his crazy stories about you know what he went through, and um, so it was I guess early nineties. I don't think I don't think the Iraqi war. I, there was no talk of draft or anything like that. Maybe I was younger than that, but I just got really scared that I was going to hit an age that I was going to be able to be drafted because I heard the stories from when people were drafted. They wouldn't have wanted you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and <I'll>, <laughs> Trust me. And I'll get to that more a little bit later with another question. But I, I was scared. Like, I, I did not want to get drafted. Mm. I, I couldn't wait till like, I knew what age when you could no longer be drafted. What, so when you were, you're saying after you were 18, you were worried about being I, drafted. Well, no, when I was younger, thinking at 18, I could be drafted. Oh. Right. And then it was like at 35, you know, whatever the age is that you can no longer be drafted. It was like 18 to 35 or whatever the age was. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day that I turned whatever that age was, I was like, oh, thank God I can't be drafted anymore. <laughs> you know, even as an older, you know, in my 30s. We were <laughs> married at 30. Yeah. You never told me that. I know that. I, I would have thrown you like a little party that you couldn't get drafted <laughs> right. anymore. I didn't need like medication about this. I wasn't like, you know, obsessed about being drafted but it was i remember as a child mm. being very scared about being drafted to go to war right and you probably did hear a lot of your dad's stories growing yeah. up and well, everything that, that was his whole thing because the draft was on during the vietnam war right and he went to the marines to the reserves to hopefully ab- avoid the draft of going directly into vietnam mm-hmm. so i heard you know tons of stories about that so i was not that he scared me in any way it was just you know great stories to hear and you know listen to oh right but um but to think about being drafted into the military scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And uh, the last thing that I have too, which is completely superficial and whatever, I was really scared about getting bald and losing my hair. I I feel like I needed for me, I, I like I don't got a lot going on. I don't think I'm so bad, but 
I need my hair to be okay. <laughs> you know. Well, and then it's funny because when your dad had to start chemo and he lost his hair, you shaved your head. I yeah yeah me and my dad when yeah when he had, well yeah so we went into the city me and my dad and my brother in law and he had to start going through he was, he knew he was gonna lose his hair yeah so he just took it off and shaved it like whatever mm-hmm. I was like we'll go with you I know a great place in the city I love it you know they cater to you it's you know male grooming kind of thing and he never did anything like that. I was like, let's go get drunk. Let's go t- take care of this. Let's go have fun, and we'll shave our heads along with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- yeah, so that was a great memory, great experience that we had together. Right, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're so scared of something, and then you know, you do it. You shave your well, head, and no, I you wasn't looked, bald. I mean, I you I, were pretty bald, but I, I but I knew it would grow back. Right, right. That's you true. Know? Right, that's that's true. Like it doesn't matter. I could shave my head, but I know it's coming back. Yeah. And luckily, I have my the genes of my mother's father. He had his hair till the day he died. Like, yeah, and, you have a great head of hair. And I, I hope so. You <laughs> I do. hope it stays that way. You, you have know. great head of hair. Your back has a great head of hair. No, my back. <laughs> your lower back. Oh, my lower back. Yeah, my yeah. patch. That's called my patch. <laughs> oh, your patch. Yeah. I am hairless from the lower back up. You're not hair. Oh, on your back. My after my 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 patch mm-hmm. <laughs> and up, mm-hmm. I am not hairless, but I am not hairy. No, you're not. You're not a chest. Ha- no, hairy you're not arms, a hairy guy. No, no, no. I was just kidding. Yeah, I know. I just but we don't talk you. about my patch. But a little bit. That is one thing. Like you know, guys. I feel like as they're getting older. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. As far as physically, I don't think you have as many things to worry about as women so Hmm. you worrying about balding like a little bit i'm sort of like okay let him worry about something that's you know i don't know you're never gonna have to like you literally came downstairs before and were like oh look at these jeans i think i bought them 15 years ago and they fit perfectly and i'm like that's not what i said no 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 no. you said i think i bought them 15 years ago and i'm looking at him like i'm looking at you like you can put on jeans that you bought 15 years ago. Like, what the fuck is that about? Like, I have, you know, given away that shit years ago. So a little bit, you know, there's part of me that's like, all right, let him have a little, uh, you know, insecurity about his whatever. Because I think that there's a lot of insecurities that I don't have that you'll never face. Well, yeah, Does but that sound totally bitchy? That I'm like, oh, I'm kind of glad you're a little insecure. Well, <laughs> I, I think it sounds a little totally bitchy, but well, a, little a little bit, bit. I think maybe women <laughs> might kind of understand that. But like, wait a minute. But what am I insecure about? I, I was scared about something that's not happening, thankfully, for me. Like, not right, to but say, you by were the way, worried about it for a long time. And by the way, of course, bald is cool. Of, of <laughs> course it's cool. Right. It happens to guys. <laughs> so, Absolutely. You know, I'm not putting it down, but for me... I don't think I would look okay. Well, no, you have a very handsome face. Oh, thank so you. You do. So you would totally be able to pull off. I being don't bald. know about that. Oh, I think so. Mm. I'll shine your head for you, baby. Don't <laughs> I know worry you about said that it. from the beginning. I've always been like, <laughs> I will shine that head for you really? if you go bald. Yeah. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if we're going, if we're going to be in it together till we are, you know, getting old and whatever, I mean, we are old a little bit, but. I listen. We gotta. I, I will shine your head, and you know you better 
I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff you better do for me. <laughs> but yeah. Walk on your back. and Walk on my back. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, yesterday I even said to you, like, I did half the dishwasher. And I was like, can you do the other half of my back? Just can't take it. <laughs> right. So, okay. So that was my little list of things. I remember from whenever. I'm sure there's a ton more, but I just went through a few. Mm-hmm. What about for you? My biggest fear growing up was The Incredible Hulk. The Lou Ferrigno show. Right. I was petrified. Love that show. And I had a brother who was 10 years older than I was, and he was into all that. You know, he would watch that show. He would pretend to be the Incredible Hulk. He would, (laughs) you know, pretend he was turning into the Incredible Hulk and um, all in good fun. I mean, he was, you know, just trying to play with me or whatever. But I remember that show would come on and I would run upstairs into my room. And I would have nightmares. Yeah, him turning into that was super scary to me. Was like, it really? Yes, I was because petrified. Because we're the same age, and I loved it. Yeah, there was something about that that huh. was just really, really scary to me. Um, was your brother green? Like, did, he when was you were not little, green. So just, no, he didn't know. go. He didn't get into character okay. that much. He wasn't that serious about <laughs> it. But you know, I just remember, and then I remember also being afraid of the boogeyman because again, I had an old, <laughs> I had older siblings, right. and I was convinced the boogeyman was real. And in our basement, we had this area that, like, had you know, I guess the the heaters and the you yeah. know, it was like the scary area of the basement. Like when he goes in Home Alone, he goes into this basement and he hears his all the things rattling. Yeah, and whatever. it's like the boiler room in Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street, oh. like that kind of thing. I don't, I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> but. I remember that area of the basement I was petrified of. Mm-hmm. And whenever I would, we would play hide and seek, like my siblings and I or my cousins, and, you know, they would all hide in that area of the basement because I would never go and look at them, look okay. for them. But so those were really, I mean, I didn't, it's interesting. Like, I don't think I had many fears when I was little. No. That's no. so funny because you totally compensate for that now. Uh, ag- <laughs> agreed. <laughs> right. Completely. Yeah. But okay, what about your parents? Do you remember your parents having any fears? No, I don't. I you asked me you that. You never remember anything about your parents. I remember about my parents and I don't remember anything about fears with my parents. As a matter of fact, when I was young, and I maybe because I was young, when they were going through hard times and they were having issues and troubles, I don't ever remember looking at looking at them and seeing fear in any way. They did not show us me and my sister, well, at least me, I don't know about with my sister, in any way that there was fear involved in anything. I never knew anything was wrong. I never knew anything was an issue. I never saw fear in their eyes ever. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Even when things were as bad as they were. Wow. Yeah. So, no, that's, I remember. <laughs> I don't, this mm-hmm. is not like I can't remember if or not. Oh, okay. This is, I remember not ever seeing fear in any way. Even when, like, you know, they started this business. Right. And they put, they kind of invested everything they had. And I think they invested, you know, some of your grandfather's money and everything like that. Into uh, no, it. all I saw was excitement. No fear. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I the fear would have been all of the businesses they were trying before right. the successful one. That's right. That were not working. But I never saw, but maybe I was too young. I don't know. I you know I was only five. I know your mom was fearful because she does say that. Oh, Today. sure. Yeah. But oh, she yeah, was, yeah, yeah. She did of a course. good job of hiding. But like I said, I was five, four, three. You know, right. like I, it was, I was six when they started the business that we're still in today. Yeah. So maybe because I was too young, I didn't see it and things were so good. 
as far as I know. Right. You know, afterwards. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, my dad, you know, you, you know, still uh, to this day, he has, I th- as I think many people from his generation who grew up with parents who, you know, s- were during the depression and everything, like he has always been unbelievably fearful of not, you know, of not being able to support his family, of running out of money, of, you know, not being able to pay the bills. Like he just has this underlying fear. I mean, I think we, and I, and I, I feel bad for him, you know, that he never was able to just live like, and I do think that mm. what? Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that is probably a fear of 98% of guys. Like I don't even, no matter how much money you have, not, uh, not how much, you know, when you're living in a, you know, normal amount of income, you know, whatever that may be. If you're not a billionaire, we all think that way, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what the situation is, you know, w- whether you're making minimum or a lot or whatever, we yeah. all feel right. we're not making enough. How can we be better? How can we make more? How can we, you know, so I don't think that's uncommon is my point. Yeah. And I think especially for his generation, you know, who right. again, I, I guess especially with, grew up he with saw. parents who survived the depression or were immigrants or, you know, it just, just, a, it, it was a very, I think, um, you know, like unstable time to be alive, you know, when his parents were growing up. And I think he saw that a lot with his dad. So when I was growing up, I just remember money always, you know, to this day, you know, he lives five minutes away and he's retired and he should just be enjoying himself. He still can't help it. And and I'm not blaming him or putting him down because all he ever wanted to do was just, you know, make a nice life for his family. But definitely the money thing was always, I just feel bad now. At the time when I was younger, you know, it was so frustrating and upsetting. Now more, I just want to be like, just just enjoy yourself, you know, just relax. Right. And I think enjoy it's yourself. hard to get out of that mindset, you know. Yeah. Especially back then, when you know the, the dad was the sole provider and the mom stayed home with the kids, and that's the way it was. And he's working so hard and so many hours, and no matter how much he can do, it just never seems like there's enough money. Right. And I still feel that today. I feel that way. Not that I'm the sole provider anymore. You know, we, we both work. But no matter how much we do and how much we make, it's never enough. Mm-hmm. There's always so there's always that money stress. The more you make, the more you spend. Not frivolously, it's just for some like it's poof, like God, like for whatever reason, something comes up or we have you know me needs to go to school, you know, whatever it is. There's always something. There's always something. They do. The science shows though. The research shows that as long as you're over the poverty line, like. You are, you know, your your happiness and everything isn't directly correspondent to how much money you make or anything. No, not not until you're up to a certain level. Oh, there is once you're up no, to. A I certain, don't know. No, that for a fact. no, no, no. That's not even part of it. If you're above the po- if you're below the poverty line, that's a completely different story. If you're above the poverty line, they show number one, all couples fight about money. You know, a lot. Now, I shouldn't say all, but many, many couples fight about money regardless of how much you have. It, it could be, you know, di- it's a different type of fight. It might be, you know, but even if you have a lot of money, you're still fighting about 
money. I don't know. I feel like if we made whatever the amount of money is, that we never have to think about money, not billions, but enough that we just don't have to think about money, like whatever school costs, whatever college costs, whatever cars cost, it's all fine. It's all taken care of. House is paid. Cars are paid. School. And we never have to think about money. I don't know. That sounds pretty fucking amazing to me. Like, I don't have to think and stress about money. Well, there's other fights to have I about know. money. How is it affecting your personality? Are you becoming, you know, well, I know when arrogant ma- or are you spending it in a way that the partner doesn't approve of? Or, you know, are they getting to a point where they're just obsessed with it? Or I guess it's, it's not just right. a, it doesn't have to be a fight about we need more money. No, there's got to be a money point. Can, can have many different issues. No, there's got to be a point, a certain amount like. Look, if you're a billionaire, then there's problems, right? Who are you giving to? How are you helping? That's right. How How philanthropic are you going to be? I'm not talking about that level. I'm talking about... But but fighting is fighting. I'm just talking about fighting and, you know, and being... And again, you know, having a lot of money brings on a whole other set of problems, right? You're, you know, you start hearing from family who's coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, I'm not talking about that kind of money. I'm talking about money that you can afford to buy all the shit you got and then enough to live off of. Not millions and millions of dollars. I still think it causes issues. Okay. I mean, I'm willing to test it out. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. 100%. Yeah. I will test it out <laughs> for sure. Okay. We're way past due for a break. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So that was my dad with, with money. I just think he still to this day, you know, has that fear. My mom... And my grandmother and your mom a little bit. I think it has something to do with that generation. Driving. Um, My mom always had a huge fear of driving. And my grandmother, uh, for the, well, one of my grandmothers barely ever drove. Ever. I mean, and if she did, I remember it was sort of like a big deal. I remember it being a big deal that she was driving. And my other grandmother, my dad's mom, I think was in an accident once when she was younger. Like, not a huge accident, like a little accident, and then she never drove again. Your dad's mom? Yeah. What was it, like horse and buggy? Like, (laughs) did the horses, like, have a conflict or something? I don't know, but I think back then, you know, especially back then, like, I think women just didn't drive very much, right? Like, where were they going? I mean, they weren't going to work, usually. You know, in some cases they were. I don't want to generalize, but... They, you know, they just weren't driving that much, and and she was really uncomfortable with it. And I never, she, I've never drove in her car with her ever. I mean, until I was driving her, you know, I just there was no, she didn't drive. Mm-hmm. And my mom would drive, but she had very restricted areas that she would go in. Like she would drive me to school, you know, because it was all kind of back roads, which in some ways are even more dangerous. Mm-hmm. But you know, she wouldn't go on certain highways. Um, you know, we never went into the city because she was like afraid of driving into the city. And I think she was probably afraid of taking the train. And um, so she was very limited growing up. And I remember always kind of feeling that. But and again, I, 
I hate to say this again, but I'm not blaming her because I think it was a general generational thing. And mm-hmm. I think it was a lot to do with the fact that just women were very limited in what they could do and, you know, the access they had. And so, um, yeah, so she never really, you know, drove us many places to the, and now she barely drives at all. My dad drives her everywhere. But I remember when I, you know, when I was growing up, I remember saying I will I will never be afraid of driving anywhere. Like, well, I, that's a good thing because you do a lot of driving. I do a ton of driving, <laughs> especially, you know, I take Mia to school in the morning in traffic, you know, that goes into New York City and it's crazy. And um, I mean, I think it's fair to say, at least in our little bubble world here, women do way more driving than men do. Yeah, right, right. Especially the ones that are home with the kids, you know. Yeah, I mean, now most people are staying home, but a lot of men and women commute to the city from here, from New York, you know, New York right. City. But, you know, the driving that you do, taking, well, you especially, you know, t- me as school's an hour and a half away. Yeah. You have to do that every once in a while. You have to, you know, the doctors and the whatever and the whatever and the whatever. Like, there's so much driving that you have to do. Yeah, I just remember growing up and saying... um, I will never be afraid of dry. I just won't let that limit me. You know, sort of like that kind of rebellion thing, right? Like your parents do things one way or think one way. Well, you did. I mean, you started driving a stick car, right? So that's kind of rebellious, right? I that started was driving a <laughs> stick. Yep. I, yep. My mom never. I, well, I mean, yeah, I think there were only stick cars maybe when she was learning to drive. I know she knew how to drive a stick, but she never drove our stick car. Like right. she never, she only drove her automatic like station wagon. But I, you know, I went to school in New York City and I remember driving into the city even from a young, you know, 17. My mom, I remember being like, you can't drive on the highway. And I was like, all right. And I was in New York City like an hour and a half later. But, uh, you know, now with my kids, that's just one thing that I was always like that. I think when you have a parent who's very fearful of something, you sort of in your mind are like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Or it makes you afraid. It could be one or the other, Mm -hmm. right? Like it Yeah, both extremes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have friends who are deathly afraid of are, of dogs and they come over, I feel like, and are like, can you put the dogs away? And the kids aren't afraid of the dogs. The parents mm-hmm. are, but they're kind of, you know, giving the kids that same fear. But, um, yeah, I just, I think that that, your mom doesn't drive on highways. Um, you know, I just think that was a generational thing. A lot of women from that generation just didn't drive much. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's so funny that, you know, when I grew up, my dad always drove, I guess, for the same for you. When you and I first got together, I've been driving. Oh, I much prefer you drive. Right. And I prefer I to drive. I want to sleep. I not- sleep when you drive. <laughs> exactly. Um, I prefer to drive, not because it's like I'm a man and I should drive. Like, I don't like being a passenger. Yeah. A lot of people are like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll either get bored or sick or whatever. Like, I don't like being a passenger. I prefer to drive. So luckily you don't want to. And I prefer to. Mm-hmm. So, no, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I And I, you know, I, I like driving now. I listen to my audio book. Like, I feel a little bit bad in the car because the kids are like, can I put in headphones? I'm like, please do. Yeah, of course. I want to listen to my audio book. Yeah, I and- put my podcasts on. Right. Like, oh yeah. Put right. your headphones on quick. Yep. Yeah. What so, about what about your greatest fears in life? I mean, how much time you got? <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I was thinking when you asked me that. Uh, you go first, I guess. Okay. My biggest 
fear in life ever, ever, ever is not the draft, which I talked about before, but kind of close is prison. Mm. That scares. Did you ever watch Oz? Only when I would walk into the room and you were watching it. I I can't go to prison. <laughs> I, I, I can't. You're too pretty. I'm, I'm, I would be the pretty boy in somebody's pocket holding their, you know, the, the, the lining of their pocket, walking around, blowing guys all over the place. Like, I can't be in prison. That doesn't work for me. I don't. That doesn't happen for me. Mm-hmm. I... I am so scared to go to prison. I am so nice to all the cops, all of them. Like I, <laughs> all the cops. Oh yeah, all of them. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I do no wrong. <laughs> I don't. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm the bitch. Like that's. I'm sorry. Like I am not the. Like I watch movies and shows. I love watching that stuff. I'm I know totally you do. Into- why? If you have such a fear of it, why do you maybe, like watching all that maybe stuff? Maybe that's why I watch it. I don't know because it's like oh. Holy shit! Sucks for them. I'm not there. Like I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. That's lovely. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I am so. I mean, scared. who's not afraid of prison? It's terrible. Me. Like uh, no, no no not me. Uh, <laughs> me. I'm the scaredest of going to prison of everybody. Okay. I I I, I, I will not last. And like I can't shiv somebody. I can't. Right. I, I can't beat them up. I can't I can't do the things you do in prison. Uh-huh. I can't make toilet wine. I can't like I can't do all those things. Yeah. I'm the guy who's in the makeup. I think now you're not guys. even allowed to smoke cigarettes in prison. Like I was always like, I'll go to prison and I'll just smoke like 17 packs of cigarettes no. a day. Yeah. That would be I mean, I don't want to go to prison. But if I was able to like smoke, you know. If I could just sit there and smoke all day, I I, I might be okay. <laughs> no, it's not There's a, a library. <laughs> Right. There's like social time. You get to watch all your shows on TV, but now you can't smoke. And I'm like, well, that that it's ruined. No, I, 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 fine. If you could smoke, I would smoke. If you can't, I whatever. I, I no. Yeah, I can't do it. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Not sorry. But second thing that I'm very scared of is the ocean. I am very scared of the ocean. You sure are. Yeah. I, it, it's not our place. We're not supposed to be there. There's lots and lots and lots of things that want to eat us in the ocean. Nope. It's scary. I'll go on a cruise. It's fine. I'll fly over the ocean. I'll do all the things over and around the ocean. It's fine. I'll, I don't swim in the ocean. I don't like it. There's jellyfish and shit in there. <laughs> Fuck jellyfish. You don't like seaweed. I don't. And it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cold. All the things about the ocean are not for me. Okay. <laughs> I don't like the ocean. But you, I would you... think the ocean would really interest you because you're so interested in the universe. Well, I'm very interested in observing the ocean and learning about the ocean. Right. I just don't want to be in it. Got it. To learn about but it. But you want to go to space. No, I don't want to go. Oh. No, 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 no. Oh, oh no. I thought you wanted to go to space. No, I want to learn about it. I oh, wanna, okay. I, I wanna... You want to learn about it from the comfort of your living room. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I want to be in a Ritz-Carlton watching a program on the TV. I totally understand <laughs> that. Yes. Space in the ocean. Right. No, I can't. No. If, if, if there's a theme around this question, I'm a, I, I, I'm a pussy. 
<laughs> I am not the man's man of like hardcore right. six right. foot five. Okay, so you don't want to go to war. You don't want to go to prison. You don't want to go in the ocean. You don't want to go to space. No, I listen. Maybe I, you have agoraphobia. What is that? Or fear of leaving the house. No, it's not even a fear. No, I. Used I to, mean, I had that for real. No, I had no, that. no, no, no. I I've always wanted to leave the house. Right. Now I don't just because you want to leave us in the house now, <laughs> and you go. Now I'm just comfortable in the house. It's not a fear or anything like that. But I no, there's there are certain things that I am not equipped for. Mm-hmm. And as a nice Jewish boy, <laughs> I don't do the ocean and I don't do prison. Okay. No. I don't do the ocean and I don't do prison. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I I have always well, my big thing on the same lines with OCD is, you know, I have a fear of getting into trouble, whether it's right. prison or just getting yelled at or, you know, my whole part of OCD, my branch of it, if you will, was called scrupulosity. And it is stems from a fear of not being quote unquote good. Right. Like a lot of, you know, like a lot of very religious people have this, you know, this scrupulosity that you're going to get in trouble for going against your religion or going against something. I'm not, you know, I'm not a religious person, although my dad is. Um, But I always had a a terrible fear of getting in trouble when I was teaching. It was debilitating to me that I was going to get in trouble, you know, yelled at by a parent or say something wrong to a kid or I mean, it was it was awful because that was really the you know when I was at the height of my OCD was when I first started teaching and I I didn't have tenure yet and I you know so everything I said I dissected to a T because I was like is this gonna get me in trouble am I gonna get backlash for this or um which is so interesting because now I'm on a podcast and I say whatever the fuck I want and but I do get nervous and I do make you calm me down and I'm like maybe we shouldn't release that and you're like it's fine it'll be okay or whatever so I do need that reassurance from you but, but yeah, it hasn't happened in a long time, actually, which I'm very proud of you for. Thank you. But I used to edit the shit out of our yes, episodes. Yes, you did. I've taken so much out of our episodes from the past, which you haven't done in a, uh, quite some time. Mm. Yeah, maybe I should reevaluate that. <laughs> right. But um, but for me, you know, the, the getting in trouble, like I, you know, I'm the type of person who like there will be a police officer in front of me and I'll be like, oh, shit, is he following me? You know, like I, you know, I'm like, you know, Mia will be like, he's in front of you. I'm like, like, okay, but maybe he's just psyching me out. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, getting in trouble has always been, you know, a huge, a huge deal for me, which is, you know, why um, I've always sort of like, I think to this point in my life, there came a certain point where I, you know, I was no longer as affected by OCD and everything. And I, I, I sort of stopped for a second at one point and I was like, Oy, how much of my life have I done and have has been shaped by just trying to appease and please other people? Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot, you know, because I was so worried of deviating outside of this, you know, being a quote unquote good girl, good person, you know, like all these decisions that I made because I was afraid of you know, being tormented by my OCD or again, getting in trouble with work or with friends or so, you know, um, I think there came a certain point where, I, where I've sort of, where I'm sort of like at this point, no, I got to fucking live for me. When do you think that point was? Cause you are not that person. No, anymore. you mean being afraid of other people? No. 
You're like you're you're kind of the opposite of that now. Like you are just out there saying what you want to say. Yeah, I think when you survive, I mean, it's not a physical illness, so it's different, right? It's a whole different thing. Uh, you know, you're not. Well, I was worried about dying in some sense because I had hypochondria. But when you ha- when you suffer something like OCD or you suffer, you know, a horrible mental illness, and then you you you're in a place where you can control it a little bit, but you're still affected by it. You're sort of like. Right. There's there's nothing I haven't been afraid of. Right. Mm -hmm. From the second I woke up until the second I went to bed in the morning, I was scared of everything, of opening drawers to put on clothes, of walking out of the house to walk my dog, of going to work. I mean, everything frightened me to death. I had this constant fear and this constant body ache of just, you know, discomfort Mm -hmm. of. So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, you get to a certain point after you get it under control and you've done the therapy and you're on the meds or whatever you're doing to get better where you're just sort of like, I, I, what, what can frighten me anymore? Right. right. Why well, have been frightened by everything? And you've dealt with it and you realize you can accomplish those goals. Correct. And take care of, you know, the and those fear were and irrational fears. Now I have rational fears. Correct. There's a yeah. big difference. Right. I still have fears, but they are rooted in rationality for the most part. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Let's take another break. Mm -hmm. And we'll be right back. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, so what scared you as a child or when you were younger that you're no longer afraid of? Well, not as a child. Um, as, as a, a teenager yeah. or whatever. Just now that yeah. you're not scared of anymore. Sex. For sex. a lot of reasons, I guess. Right? Yeah, sex really scared me when I was a teenager. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 20, and even that was kind of a like a big deal to me because – because of, number one, my OCD, and I was always extremely worried. You know, it was the height of AIDS and everything, and I was an, an STDs, and you were told how horrible STDs were and how shameful. And, right. you know, now, thankfully, there are people out there who are influencers and everything who are talking openly about it and taking the shame out of it, thankfully, because there shouldn't be shame uh, associated with it, in my opinion. But at the time, it was shame. I, I guess my biggest fear when you when you – when you put it all together was shame, right? Like I, I was afraid of feeling shame in life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting in trouble, sex. I was afraid of getting pregnant, you know, before I was married, which m- made no sense. Cause my mom would have been like, she was, I mean, she literally worked in a home for pregnant teenagers and was, you know, like the mom there who was like, you're going to be okay. And it's okay. And when they got kicked out of their homes, like that was her job when mm-hmm. she was, you know, when I was a teenager and I went with her and I saw it and I loved these girls and I always was like hanging out with them and they were so cool. And, you know, they had so this you never thought to yourself like, oh, if this happened to me, I'm fine. Like everything is just going to be OK. No, but I, I 
I maybe maybe part of it was like seeing them, you know, they had been kicked out of their houses and it was oh, no, a different situation. I right, get that. But right. the pregnancy part is the same. Right. I, like, I, I think it was shame. I mean, I think yeah. all these girls were were feeling shame or, you know, like as regardless of the, you know, it, it's just an awful position to be put in. Mm. And um, and I, I don't know, I guess it's something I go I could talk to in, about in therapy. But, you know, I have so much to talk about but yes i was always super afraid of getting pregnant as a teenager which in so many ways makes no sense and 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 because i'm someone no it makes a ton of sense well i mean on my end i was completely afraid of getting a girl pregnant you know back when i was a teenager that's this okay yeah one of the scariest imagine being the girl who you know right i mean it's on both ends too like there's a responsibility on both Granted, for the girl, way, way, right. way more. Like, but what but, I'm saying is, I actually had a mom who probably would have been like, it, "We'll, you know, we'll figure it out or whatever." Right. But the sh- there was just this overlying or underlying, you know, fear of feeling shame. And I think everybody's afraid of feeling shame. I don't think I'm, you know, singled out. I guess it's whatever in the moment, you know, you think now. So what I was going to say is with sex. I'm no. I, as soon as I got married, I no longer had that fear. Right, the, the, all the fear about. Remember how many pregnancy tests I used to take uh-huh. before we got married? Uh huh. I remember the Target trips that we used to take. Yes, three times a week. Exactly. To go buy all the pregnancy. That's tests. right. And I was yes. on the pill, and you know all yeah. this stuff. Like, it, none of it was rational. None of it made any sense, and, and none of it made any sense from the fact of like, I, I, you know, if you get pregnant out of wedlock, like okay, you're not a bad person. Like, none of it made sense. But right. for some reason, I I don't know what it was. I just had this fear of it because I didn't want to feel shame. And I'm sure a lot of that was rooted in a mental illness that I did not yet understand. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Both. And the fact that we have a fucked up sex ed education in our country. Well, right. But the... The fear of getting pregnant when you're too young and not ready to do it. There's a there's a real fear in there too. Correct. Yeah. But at the same time, it really f- fucked me up to mm-hmm. a degree where you know, I never want any of my kids to feel that, or right. any kid at all to feel that, you know, or anybody who was pregnant or whatever. Like, I don't ever want anybody to feel what I felt. Right. So, uh, so anyway, yes. Yeah. So I'm no longer afraid of sex for that reason. I have. Other fears of sex, but not that. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into that. When? <laughs> Later. <laughs> no. Um, no, no. W- w- other questions. Oh. All right. Yeah. All right. You confuse me. All right. Something that used to scare you that doesn't anymore for me, uh, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> No, for real. I spoke about this on an episode recently. I don't remember which one it was, but it's death. I am not afraid of death anymore. Yes, I'm scared to die, of course. You know, I don't want to die. I'm not ready to die. Like, all that, all that stuff being said. But I'm not as scared as as I was at one point. Um, Only, and I think I said this on that episode, too, it, it took one sentence to cure my fear of death. And it was from Neil deGrasse Neil Tyson. Oh, uh, your boy. Yeah, my boy. And 
he was talking to somebody. They were talking about death. And he shut him up and he said, listen, do you remember what it was like before you were born? And the guy was like, no, of course not. You know, how, how could I? And he said, right. Your energy existed before you were born. Your energy will exist after you die. You're not going to remember or think about, like, he didn't say all this. I'm just trying to explain it. Like, the fact is, you don't remember anything before you were born. There's, a, there's millions and billions of years before you were born. You remember none of it. And it's going to be after you die, too, and you're not going to know anything about that, too. So it made me... I, look, I don't believe in hell, and I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. And I just know you're just not going to know about anything just like you didn't know before you were born. And there's nothing scary about that, right? Were you scared before you were born? No, you weren't you. Uh, do you want me to chime in? Yeah, I was, I'm was. i looking oh, at you. Like, you're looking at me to chime yeah, in. Please say uh, something. Yeah. Uh, fuck that shit <laughs> Why? is my answer to that. No, fuck that shit. But I it's true. No, it's not. I don't agree with that at all. Why? What happens? What's the difference before you're born and after you die? I don't want to feel nothing. I like, I like. But you won't know. Life. I, I don't give a shit. That doesn't make it better for the me. The only people that are going to know about that, your death, is everybody else. Yeah. And I want to do a funeral like they did in, uh, in, um, Curb your enthusiasm where you're alive right. and you watch it via Zoom <laughs> right. and everybody's talking. Like, I want, I I don't want to be dead when everyone says how that? fucking awesome I am. Albert Brooks? Yeah, Albert yeah. Brooks was, yeah. yeah that was, was a great, great episode. So Is that from this last season? Yeah, and he was hoarding all the, uh, the toilet uh, paper, the, the sanitizer and the toilet from, paper. From, from COVID. Yeah. But no. First of all, I, I agree with the whole curb your enthusiasm thing of tell me now how great I am. I do not want to be dead. No, like, that's not it the makes point. no sense that's not the that point. we talk about how great someone is after they're dead. Okay. Also, no. But I, you I, don't know. I, you're, 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 what that you, makes it no better for what, me. What do you think about when you're sleeping? Nothing. Except I, for dreams. I, right. But okay. you're going to wake up, hopefully. But, but if you don't, you would never know you no, didn't. I, but that doesn't help me. Really? Yeah, I know. I, I, I want to, like, I, you know, I've said it, I think my same response when you said it in that epi episode, I want to be able to, like, order a Happy Meal. And <laughs> I, no, I'm not kidding. But you wouldn't know you'd uh, want to no, do that. No, you're, you're not even, you're, you're listen, it's gone. Listen, if I fall asleep when I'm with friends, like, right? Like, when my girlfriends and I get together and I fall asleep and they're still up and I wake up the next morning and all they've done is like watch a movie and I'm like fuck I missed the movie <laughs> imagine how I'm gonna be if like my grandkids get married or something and I'm dead but you wouldn't know I, I, it's I, you, there's no thought there's no, no I hate all that I hate of course all that. it makes sense and I don't I don't listen when I was growing up one of my biggest fears another thing was death and my mom would always say to me Look at this world. Look at it all. Mm -hmm. Look at every single aspect of, you know, uh, that happens. Oh, yeah. The beautiful, the, the, the trees and the flowers and the deer and like, it's all beautiful. Y like, you're making, life is beautiful. You're making fun, but it's, I'm not making it's fun. It's true. It is true. But it doesn't matter if you no longer exist. You don't know. You don't know of your, your nothing. But what she was saying is 
why is the why would you think this is it? Why is this all for like, your kids, for their kids, and then their kids? Right, like you don't have to experience it forever. You pass it along. All right, no one fucking likes you. Okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not scared of death. As long as Good. it's as long I'm, as I'm happy for you. As long as it's a peaceful <clears throat> death. I am very scared to die hurting. I will give you the most peaceful poison I can find. Fine. Okay. I just don't want to be hurting and in pain when I die. Right. I if it's peaceful, I am no longer scared. No, I'm petrified of not having a fucking cheeseburger <laughs> ever again. They have all the cheeseburgers after death. Well, the best ones. Defending your yes, life. Defending Listen, your if life. it's like defending your life, I'll stay there forever. Forever. <laughs> yes. I don't fuck that. I'm not trying to get on any kind of bus going anywhere. I'm <laughs> staying there. Um, I asked. Oh, what's your greatest fear as a parent? Okay, so it's kind of simple, and it's not very philosophical. Yeah. It's like if something happens to my kids that I cannot control or fix, mm -hmm. if they get hurt, if they're in an accident, if they're all the things, right? If there's something that happens with my children that I personally cannot fix, I am so scared of that. Physically? Both. Oh, really? Sure. And that answers another question that Wait, you asked Wait, emotionally? Not, not so much emotionally, but... There was another question that you asked. I feel like for you, it's more this. physical. It is more physical. Yeah. It is. But um, I'm the emotional. This... You're the physical. <laughs> I have emotion. No, but what I'm saying no, here, is wait. you've always, like when Mia one time, when she was like three years old, she was running down a hill. The mountain. Yeah. The hill. Or the mountain. Not at the a, mountain. At a, a hill. golf right. club. Yeah. Was running down a hill and she fell. She lost her balance. And you were like. Well, all we saw was the, the, the hill was what? 10 feet above us. Okay. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe more. Maybe less. Who knows? And she was running so fast down the hill, having fun and laughing. And, and then she tumbled and fell on her face mm -hmm. on the concrete. And on you the didn't walkway. want to pick her up. I didn't. Uh, I couldn't think about walking over to her and picking her up and seeing what happened to her face. Mm -hmm. I was so scared. But. Uh, on the other hand, and I remember at that point, like looking at you being like, okay, so she's got some fucking scrapes. We'll be okay. Like I was not nearly as scared I, as you. No, I can't think that far ahead. It's like what happened to her right now. Right. Like, okay. But the emotional aspect, like I am more when I feel like she's hurting emotionally or any of our kids no, are hurting emotionally. I know that. That's so, me. But what I was saying was how this relates to another question that you asked. Do I fear, what do I fear about in our future? Part of my answer relates to this, which is that my kids are happy in life, that they found what they want to do. So one of the things that I think about now that I'm, that I fear is that my children are going to be okay in the future, that they're happy. I don't care what they're doing as long as it makes them happy. Mm -hmm. And I fear that that's not going to happen for whatever reason. Who knows? Right. So it's kind of relatable to what are my fears as a parent. Mm -hmm. Right. So the physical, yes. Like something, they're going to get sick. They're going to stab themselves when they're cutting an orange. They're going to, who knows? Whatever. They're going to hurt themselves. They're going to kill themselves. They're going to, all the physical uh, things. On, what? It, they're going to kill themselves? They, yeah. They're cutting an apple and they stab themselves. You know, 
I, you're just you're scared of that. I I think about those things. Okay. I really do, and okay. I, I don't know if I should see a therapist about those, but I picture that stuff in my mm-hmm. mind all the time. No, I think that's probably normal. I think so, mm-hmm. and I know it's not gonna. Ha- like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to even. I know. Put it out in the yeah, universe. I, know. I hear you. I don't even want to do hear that. You. I fear the physical, and I fear the emotional, and I fear the the presence of them in their future. I just want to make sure they're okay. Even long after we're gone, because we won't even know because we're gone and we're dead and everything's okay mm. for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the things I'm scared of for my children. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I, we don't need to be, but it, you fear those things. Oh, we a little bit need to be. I mean, we don't have like super like <laughs> like uh, we have great humans, but they're not right. super. I, I'm I don't not saying no, right. There's nothing right now that we need to be fearful of their futures. Uh, yeah, our daughter is driving. That <laughs> right. makes me fearful <laughs> exactly. for our future. Right. Yes. No, that's true. But you know what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I fear all the things as a parent for my everything, children. Everything, everything, yes. yes. Um, yeah, and a little bit, you know, some of my fears have come true a little bit. N- not thankfully, you know, we're, let's keep it all in perspective here. But... You know, I have kids who are who do get left out of the social functions and who do struggle to fit in. And, you know, uh, kind of all our kids a little bit struggle in that area. A- and that was, f- to me, always a huge fear. Like, are they going to struggle socially? And they are. Mm-hmm. And we've handled it and we've done our best. And, everything. and in such different ways from each other. Right. And I remember being that kid. And for me, being that kid isn't nearly as bad as having your kids be that kid. Right? Isn't that so weird? Like, I was that kid. There were plenty of things that I was left out of Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and that I was upset about. But I feel like they handle it better than we do. So Yeah. I remember back in whatever grade I was in thinking my friends had a thing and I wasn't going. There was I wasn't whether I was invited or I wasn't picked up, whatever the reason is. And I was upset. Mm-hmm. And now I look at my children and if that happens to them, I am fucking heartbroken. Right. I know. Yes. Like it eats me alive. Right. Like seeing that happen. But one thing I do have to say, for those of you who haven't listened to the episode with Dr. Baxley, Dr. Tracy Baxley, the social justice parenting episode. Um, I don't know what number it is, but you know, I just remember her talking about she's a black woman who has, um, you know, her her husband's white and she has um, mixed race kids and she has all of these other things she has to worry about when her kids leave the house. Right. Like her. She doesn't allow her sons to wear hoodies. Right. Our son wears a hoodie every time mm-hmm. he leaves the house. All of these things that I remember thinking to myself, like, holy shit, you have this whole other layer uh, b- having a teenager is hard enough or having a young adult is hard enough, you know, and and her kids, you know, they're, they're in Harvard and they're, you know, not that's neither here nor there, but she's still fucking worried about, like, it's just a whole other layer that we never have to worry mm-hmm. about. And, and I, I never want to forget that for a minute, you know, that when our kids drive, I'm scared. I'm scared of them getting in an accident. I'm scared of somebody, you know, being an idiot and and doing there's a whole other layer to that you're not scared of your kid doing all the right things 
Correct. And getting in trouble. That's right. right. And and uh, unjustly, yes, yeah. being stopped and, um, you know, the, all those things. So, you know, there's there's a lot of, of layers to it. And, and I felt that very much for her. And I want to recognize that we have this privilege that we don't have to think about on top of all of that. Um, all right. Let's answer one more question before we end this. Okay. But... We are going to extend it into next oh, week. Oh, we have to do part two because my favorite part is yeah. going to be part two. Yeah. I love we, this part. We were saving this till the end, but we're at the end uh, and we don't have time yes, for Yes, I have to do this. Yes. Right. So we'll do that one for next week. But okay. for now, let's end it on irrational fears. Irrational. Yeah. Well, well that's a whole episode in itself for oh, me. Is it? Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to the OCD episode. You've seen episode. them all, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I... I Oh, this is another one that I talked about. I think probably what episode was this that we were talking about death and you don't remember? It wasn't. It was recent. I, the one that I talked about Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm not scared oh, of dying anymore. Forty fucking four was it? Yeah, that one? probably. Yeah. Yes. So I I briefly spoke about this. Spoke. Mm-hmm. I briefly spoke about this on that episode too. But I am really. <laughs> I've I've thought about this more than twice. That when I die, I am going to be buried, but I'm still in my head. Mm-hmm. And like, do, do you, you know the movie Johnny Got His Gun? Mm-hmm. You know that movie mm-hmm. with the Metallica song one is based on? Is that Michael Keaton? No, no, no. This is oh, black and Johnny. white. What's Johnny? That's Johnny Dangerously. Oh, Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> oh, Too many fucking Johnnies. <laughs> no, Johnny got his gun. It was about a guy who goes to war and no, he loses all of his limbs and he loses no. his face and he, like from a grenade, like loses everything. And all he can do is like tap his head in Morse code to communicate because okay. he has nothing. He has no uh-huh. anything. The Metallica song one is based on this movie. Disturbing beyond anything ever, whatever. Right. So I feel like that's me, but when I die, so I can't even tap my head in Morse code to com- communicate, I'm just living in my head for eternity in a coffin, mm-hmm. and I can just think. Mm-hmm. That is my biggest irrational, I hope it's irrational, fear ever. That's mm-hmm. all I think about when I think about dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just talked about not being scared of dying. That's my only fear of dying. Is Right, but what about people who are cremated? That's why I want to be cremated and turned into a tree. I want to be so that you can be pod. the talking tree from Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah, I I never saw that by the way. Oh, that's a fantastic. Well, All it's right. controversial, right, but of course, I want to be turned into tree fertilizer, and I am now a tree. Okay, my energy is put out there into the universe as a tree. I want to be one of those work sand things with the rake and the rocks where you have it on your desk. And you're playing with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's what I want to be. I don't want to be buried. I don't want to be like I am. I don't want to talk about that in this episode. We I should talk about it, though. I have to make a will. The whole burial thing. Anyway. Oh, shit. Yeah. Don't next say time. that to my dad. My next irrational fear is the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not because of the zombie apocalypse. I'm not scared of the zombies. You're not? I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm afraid of prison and I'm afraid of all those things. I'm a bit of a pussy kind of guy. Well, they're not going to send you to prison. They're just going <laughs> to eat you. No, but I'm saying I'm not like a tough guy kind of guy. Like, 
I'll figure out how to, you know, shoot out a zombie or stab him. I'm not scared of the zombies. That's not the fear. The fear is because of you, Danielle, I can no longer repopulate. So when all the people are gone, I'm useless. Well, they don't know that. <laughs> right. But the women are not going to want me anymore. You be- don't have to tell them. <laughs> right. But it's okay. After a year or two, right. everybody's going to know I can't repopulate the earth. Right. So now I'm useless and they fucking cut off my head and hang me in a stake. And right. Because I'm well, I'll be man. too old to repopulate <laughs> too. So, I mean, I'll be the first one dead. No, you're a zombie in my fantasy. Right. Like you become okay. the zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's zombie porn. You can, you can look for that. But I can no longer be part of society because I cannot repopulate. Uh, yeah, I think that's your last worry <laughs> when you. You said I said irrational fears. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, okay. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm not even going to go into that because, you know, there's so many. I mean, my God, when I was had my OCD, when we first had Mia, I was like, did I put Windex in her bottle rather than. Right. Formula. I mean, there's a whole host of issues that I could, you know, that I have talked about and could talk about, but Irrational is my middle name. So, by the way, I'm sure you've done this. I've done this. I do not have OCD. I do not have irrational thoughts. And I'm sure a lot of people out there have done this. When when our children were babies and in carrier carriers. In the, the those what are they called? Are they carriers? Yeah, the infant carriers. Yeah. yeah. I would start. I would put them in the car and start driving, and look back eight times to make sure they were still there because I didn't put them on the roof mm-hmm. while I got in the car, and then drove. Well, away. they're not a coffee. You shouldn't be putting them on the <laughs> roof anyway. Of course, I never did. Right. But you look back eight times to make sure you didn't do that. I don't have OCD. I don't have a thing. Well, don't you remember that when I did forget Ian in the school? Yes. Yeah. I, I I had one kid. You get very used to having one kid. You have a second kid. You forget you have a fucking second <laughs> kid. And I was, right. he, I put him down in his infant carrier in the school. I went outside. Someone started talking to me. And after about 10 minutes, I was like, oh, holy fuck, I forgot my other kid in the school. <laughs> and I had to go back in. Right. But you did that. <laughs> I did right? that. Right. That, That's that, not a fear. That it actually happens. happens. Right. Yeah. I didn't leave my child on the roof of my car when I drove away. <laughs> no, I think everybody double checks in the rear view right. mirror that they've put their kid in the it's car. It's an irrational fear. Mm-hmm. Like, of course I didn't leave my child yeah, on I the... wouldn't say of course. Okay. I mean, Most I've left likely... my coffee and I was probably <laughs> more upset about leaving my coffee. Right. Okay. Uh okay, so good for this episode, right? So for the next one. It's oh, I we have think, to do the next one. I'm so excited about yeah, it. It's gonna be so much fun. I don't don't even talk about it. Okay, well, yeah, right. but it, it's it's part two of this, right? So it's about more fears. And yeah, but a different kind of fear. Yeah. I wanna. I did all this research about growing up in the 80s and 90s, right. and you did too, and it's just super fun. Cool. Okay. All right. So, thanks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're gonna have. Uh, merch coming out soon in we the are? next few weeks. Look for it. Oh. Oh, yeah. You're super into what's going on. <laughs> um, and the and we have started the Parenting Night book, so keep that in mind, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever's coming up. All fun stuff to, to fill out. too. We have more than that happening. More than that we, we, we got lots of things We got lots of things. We got all lots, the, all, all the, the stuff. things. All the things. All the things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.